The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 12th. In today's news, President Trump slurs immigrants once again. He almost kills a foreign surveillance bill his own staff negotiated. And he proves unable to recruit his desired candidate to run for Senate in North Dakota. But first, the big idea. Trump has failed to nominate anyone for hundreds of important jobs across the executive branch. The Winter Olympics begin one month from today in South Korea. And American officials are reportedly contemplating what they're calling a bloody nose strike on a nuclear North Korea. Yet the president still has not nominated an ambassador to Seoul. Next Saturday brings the anniversary of the inauguration. Over the first year, a fixation on the chaos and churn inside the West Wing has often overshadowed the less sexy decay and neglect at the departmental level. There are a striking number of big jobs that have not been filled. In many cases, Trump hasn't even named someone for the Senate to consider. The Washington Post and the Partnership for Public Service, a nonprofit, nonpartisan, good government organization, have been working together to track the status of 626 top jobs in the executive branch. The White House likes to blame the Senate for dragging its feet, but that's only part of the story. As of this morning, according to our tracker, there is no nominee for 245 of those 626 jobs. Among them, the deputy secretary at the Treasury Department and the Commerce Department, the director of the census, the head of the ATF, the director of the Office on Violence Against Women at the Justice Department, or the commissioner of the Social Security Administration. At Veterans Affairs, no one's been tapped to be the undersecretary for health or the undersecretary for benefits, the two most important undersecretary jobs at the agency. At the Transportation Department, there's still not a nominee to be administrator of the Federal Highway Administration, the Federal Transit Administration, or the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Those may just sound like random agencies, but each is crucially important. Trump has not submitted nominees to direct the National Park Service, the Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, or the U.S. Geological Survey. He's also not picked someone yet to be an assistant secretary of the Interior in charge of fish, wildlife, and parks. Many of these jobs have people who are working in the role of acting director. But these folks aren't fully empowered, and they can't indefinitely stay in those roles without being confirmed by the Senate because of laws related to vacancies. The lack of permanence creates uncertainty and makes strategic planning hard. It also makes it hard to manage career staff. Trump has said he's okay leaving some positions open. In a November interview on Fox News, he said not to worry because, quote, the only one that matters is me. I'm the only one that matters. Because when it comes to it, that's what the policy is going to be. In practice, that's just not how it works. The president simply can't micromanage every decision that every agency makes. Part of this is that the administration has had trouble attracting top talent. And the demand for loyalty has meant that people who didn't endorse Trump during the Republican primaries can't get good jobs. There's also been turmoil in the Office of Presidential Personnel the past few months, which has slowed down the pipeline. A State Department spokeswoman, Heather Nauert, tells me that the Korean embassy is in good hands, even without an ambassador. She said that there's a senior foreign service officer there who has a lot of experience in the region. He speaks Korean, Japanese, and Vietnamese, and he's been in the embassy in Seoul since 2015. 
She told me that the department is working closely with the White House to identify qualified candidates for places like the embassy in South Korea and also other still vacant senior leadership positions, a lot of undersecretaries and assistant secretaries. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump attacked protections for immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries on Thursday. He described those countries with a derogatory term and suggested instead that the U.S. needs to bring in more people from, quote, countries like Norway. The remarks came during a meeting with lawmakers of both parties who were encouraging him to restore temporary protected status for immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, Honduras, other countries. We've talked about it earlier this week. Trump singled out Haiti during that meeting, saying that Haitian immigrants must be left out of any deal. His remarks have roiled the debate over what to do about the Dreamers and left a bipartisan solution to the issue looking more elusive. Democrats are disgusted with Trump's remarks, while the president's core base of supporters reacted somewhat positively. Number two, the House voted decisively to reauthorize Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, despite a set of confusing and contradictory tweets sent by the president. This bill allows the NSA to collect the emails of U.S. companies and other communications of foreign targets located outside of the United States. But Trump sent an uninformed tweet early Thursday morning that set off a frantic scramble across Washington. After watching Fox News, he suggested that he was no longer in favor of the bill his own administration had negotiated. That led House Speaker Paul Ryan to spend half an hour on the phone with the president explaining the difference between domestic and foreign surveillance. White House Chief of Staff John Kelly also had to intervene and explain the program's importance to his boss. Kelly then headed to the Capitol to try and reassure anxious Republicans who didn't want to vote for a bill if the president was against it. House Republican leadership reacted to the fracas with palpable consternation. After 101 minutes, Trump tweeted a second time and issued a correction. He said he actually supports the bill. The anxiety among House Republicans only subsided when Representative Devin Nunez of California read aloud that second presidential tweet during a closed-door meeting. That ensured that the measure would have the votes to pass. Number three, the GOP suffered another big recruiting setback. Representative Kevin Kramer of North Dakota has announced he will not run for Senate against Democrat Heidi Heitkamp. Party leaders and Trump extensively courted Kramer to get into this race. The president even went so far as to call his wife to make the pitch himself. He met with Kramer in North Dakota and at the White House to try twisting his arm. Attracting top candidates has been an ongoing struggle for a party that clearly is going to face strong political headwinds in these midterm elections. But this isn't some blue state. This is North Dakota, one of the reddest states in the country. So Kramer's decision is yet another letdown in a deeply conservative state where Republicans really thought a few months ago that they could unseat some Democratic senators. Top Republicans have previously passed on running in Montana, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, January 12th. Thank you so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.